Welcome to the Wiretap, episode 17. Today is July 17th, 2017. That's a good sign, right, Chad? Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. We've made it this far. Yeah. When, what, a... what was the date of our first podcast? It was at towards the beginning of the year. Um, I want to say March. Actually, I, I can look that up right here. In the meantime, why don't you uh, catch everybody up on your life, Chad? Uh, well, let's. Uh, the first thing. The first thing. February fifth uh, was our was okay, our okay. premiere. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I think we should talk about is the fact that there's a total of four Republican senators who have pulled out of the Affordable Care Act. That's big news. That happened today, so Lord. it's pretty much now, dead in the water. That's all they needed, right? They needed everybody on board to make this thing happen. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so they're out. That's it. There's two that came out today, <clears throat> and that makes four. So don't you think they should just, you know, pull themselves up by their bootstraps and, and make something happen? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I think, I think that, yeah, I think they're done. Follow your I, own I, advice. You have yeah. a, a Republican. Like, now, where does this stand? And this is what I wonder. I, I, this is a rhetorical question. Maybe we can look this up. Where you have such a big issue. And you have a Republican president, a Republican House, and a Republican Senate, and you can't pass this bill. No, it's, it's how it's, inept it's are you? Yeah, when you've been talking about repealing it for seven years, eight how do years. you sleep at night? Yeah, well, they they sleep well because they, you know, their donors they, they, make sure that they have the yeah uh, the mattresses tax that, that are coming up and all of that good that stuff. form to their bodies. Yeah, <laughs> you know. That that is fine. Yeah, I mean that's a relief because, I mean, goddamn, a lot of people would be out and up shit creek if that thing passes. It was a terrible right. bill. And the yeah, more and so, the more you look at it, the more you have to lie to yourself to 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 get behind it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. And it's it's a, you know what? Even a halfway decent leader would be able to get people to get the votes necessary. Some sort of deal maker. But and, and what what are we trying to do? I mean, like, is Mitch McConnell that leader? Obviously not. Donald Trump certainly isn't. So good. I hope no. that that, uh, let me that, find that, out. that Obama's uh, the, like a ghost. Who are the Hansen. two? Who are the two that backed out today? Utah and Kansas. Oh, was that was that was that a, uh, is Misha on the podcast now? No, she was a special guest. Oh, like fantastic! Seconds. You should have her on. Yeah. You should have her on, man. Yeah, I was getting uh, your girls getting on the coffee. ball. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was created a whole diary of. Yeah, you should talk about you t- talk about that. What did she compile? Yeah. That's just such a great story. It's just like a it's just a notebook of uh, everything that's happened with Trump and Russia since he became president, and then all of his things that happened to him prior to that. So with almost like Manafort daily, and, every single like failure, she's documenting on a and anything like, that's like Docs. questionable, yeah. And it's it's just gonna look like it's just gonna be like you can send that to like the Washington Post in case they need it, and they'll be like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah right? we can turn this into something. Yeah, that's no, so it's cool. amazing. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's uh, it's it's neat. It's good I, um, for your relationship. Mm, mm. Uniting over something. You know like what that. else is good for our, the relationship is. D23. D23. Tell the people so D23, what D23 is. Most of the people, 
uh, my, I don't know if they're familiar with it or not, but D23 was an expo. It's like Comic-Con for Disney people. And uh, they had it this last weekend. Comic-Con's this weekend. But they talked about a couple of cool things. And since there were some people that want, liked the Disneyland episode, I thought we could bring some stuff up before we get into the crux of what we're going to talk about. But the first thing they talked about is that Star Wars land. Mm. And <clears throat> if I understand correctly... There's three different entrances, and they track you throughout that land, and based on your decisions and the choices that you make within that land itself, because it's all, uh, you know, everything is interactive. And so the things you buy, the things you, you, you know, drink or eat or the rides that you ride or any of those things... I think they you have a different experience than anybody else does in that land. Oh, so they taking they're taking this interactive thing to a completely new level. Yeah, and everybody's going to be an alien there. Uh, you're going to be walking, and all of a sudden you'll get into fights with. I want not you I want the deformed but, guy from the cantina to be like a major character in this, and go up to well, like, know, each said, of the guests and say, "I don't like you. My the, friend doesn't amazing. like you." Well, I'll be careful. No. You'll be dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was good. Yeah, that's... that was that was, that was some good. <laughs> I like right that. There. I like that character. There's some passion behind it. There's some passion. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like said you, lost his furry you arm, go to the cantina, and you can even have blue milk, oh. like you can in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's the but actual. The color one thing of milk that bugs me is the the cantina is going to have a DJ instead of a live alien band. Oh. And that's what we needed. We oh, needed... the modal nodes aren't playing? The what? The modal nodes. That's the name of the yeah. guys with those flutes? Yeah. They, they're they not playing. It's DJ. Mm. Uh, do they have that guy that's in that from uh, a Jedi in in Jabba the Hutt's when when they did the edits and the George Lucas edits and the guys that <laughs> that's like the furry short guy that's like oh wabba wabba yeah 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 <laughs> they should have that uh, guy that was like well, I was just looking at this like oh my god this is my childhood just like getting a little worse thank you George well, and, Lucas yeah here's the thing they could do like a Chuck E. Cheese style animatronic uh you know uh Showtime pizza animatronic <laughs> yeah. band yeah 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 uh, and then, you know, that can come up from the ground and come out, you know, or they can have a live band with guys that are doing covers of 80 songs singing an alien. Man, I would do that any yeah. day. That sounds like an awesome gig. Mm hmm. What it, what it, how easy would that be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, man, play, play, uh, like Berlin's Metro. Yeah, like yeah. riding you, on Millennium Falcon. Or, or it doesn't Easy. even have to be in English. It doesn't even have to be in English. <laughs> it should be. Shula, yeah. Because who knows what's attractive Dude. to an alien? Yeah, you know? right. So. Exactly. I mean, you're just you're coming from. The story could be you're coming from an alien planet, and you're doing. I think you guys at uh, in uh, Bob knows best. Mm. Maybe you guys get together and record some 80s songs in gibberish, send that demo to Disney. <laughs> you guys might have a gig. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm serious. Like, you do. Because, look. It's one of the uh, many ideas that float in my head <laughs> that I need to mm -hmm. act on. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome, man. 
Uh, but this thing is supposed to be amazing. That's going to be awesome. And all I have to say, like, the more I hear about it I'm, and the more I'm like, I have to wait at least a year before I go. Oh, it's going to be look, insane. Car, yeah, Cars Land is hard to get on the ride, but it's going to be hard to get into the Star Wars land itself. I think we'll, when it opens up. I mean, like, will it mean that there's less people at the Cars Land ride? Because everybody, like, literally everybody's going, it's going to be just a sea of people. Well, you know what's crazy is everybody's going to be lined up for Star Wars Land, and maybe all the rest of the rides at Disneyland won't be packed. Because I swear, to get into that land, you're going to have to wait in line for an hour and a half just to you get into You might as that well ride. ride Small World like five times while you're right. going to have somebody hold your, your space. How shitty would that be to know that you're riding Small World when you could be in line for Star Wars? Like, well, yeah, you're, I'm, like, I'm so close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> small World yeah. again. Yeah, it's like, you know, getting a lap dance from a 500-pound woman. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not fat shaming anybody, but, you know. You sound like you speak woman, from experience. And, uh, you know. You're like the hefty And ones. right next to you is a lady that, you know, is really super hot. And she's like, you want to dance? And you yeah, keep telling like, her out. No, I can't. I'm married. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that does. Yeah. I'm riding small world because I'm married. Yeah. I, mean, I can't go. It's more like, more like a great no. big world. <laughs> it's a large yeah, world so, after all. <laughs> so they so they had that. They revealed it. I sent you the. You can go online if you haven't seen it yet. You can go online and see. Yeah, it's see like a minute and a half video. The model. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so that's going to be incredible. 2019 is when that comes out. Then they announced Marvel Land, uh, and they're going to do a Captain America ride and a. That's going to oh, be no, in California Spider-Man Adventure, ride. right? DCA. Yeah, at California. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be um, uh, an Avengers ride and a Spider-Man ride, along with the Guardians Jesus of the Galaxy Christ. ride. Are they're they going to raise their prices again? I mean, they, they can't. It's just a hope they don't. Of course. Disney. Of course. See, here's the Was thing. Was it going to be 200 bucks a ticket? I mean, when's the end? Yeah. Disneyland will Season eventually Season pass, $1,000. You know? Yeah. Disneyland will eventually become a luxury as opposed to kind of a privilege that everybody's used. Well, I think that, yeah, I mean, I we talked about this, you know. As I don't I yeah. get the season pass. People that go, like, every other weekend, it's just nuts to me I mean, yeah. especially now it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be insane it's gonna be so cool and um i remember when i went and i happened to go the first weekend of the star wars launch bay and i got a one i was one of the first people i knew they got a picture with darth vader and uh-huh. chewbacca and darth vader spoke to me i was wearing a millennium falcon shirt and he said i see you have rebel tendencies I would, oh, you, would do, really? you would do well to change your, your your ways and i was really intimidated i felt like my dad just yelled at me and I want him to force choke me. Apparently, they won't do that. But I, I was too afraid. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I'm 37. I'm, I'm really intimidated yeah. by this Darth Vader thing. He, it was amazing. so good. And like the people in the Empire side, they're like rude to you. <laughs> they're, they're not this even like that nice. But the people awesome. like on the on the rebellion, like they're, they're totally cool. That's, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's gonna be completely. Gonna that be whole so land will be like that. Nice, it's gonna be unbelievable. So they do, they they. Just, they talked about that. They talked about changing a little bit of, um, like, the boardwalk uh, at California Adventure is going to be now the Pixar kind of boardwalk. And they're going to change that up to be Pixar. Um, and, uh, you know, they're doing some really cool things with it. It's just crazy. Uh, you know, and there's part of me that's like, ah, well, you know, you have Star Wars Land coming in at Disneyland. You have Marvel coming in 
at DCA, and they're not original creative thoughts from the Disney organization. So it kind of kills nope. a little bit of the nostalgia. They're a bit of a monster. They just kind of said, this is awesome. Let's soak this up. And right. People like right. this. I mean, I mean, it used to be that Star Wars is one thing and Marvel's another thing. And, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and you know, the Disney pantheon of like Pinocchio and Snow White is another thing. And, you 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 know, everything's in the separate little boxes, but it's now just becoming one kind of conglomerate of your childhood. Right. You know? Yeah. No. And, and I mean, that's that's cool in one way and it's kind of weird in the other. So because they're you know, handling it well and that's why I don't mind it. They're they're yeah. doing justice. I mean, Rogue One is going to be on Netflix, dude. I think like this month. Oh, cool! Like, yeah, you can see Rogue One at at, at home. Like, and that was yeah. in my face. Okay, very controversial statement right now, people. A lot of haters here. Well, I mean, Mike listens, so he's a Star Wars fan. I think Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Uh, of uh, you mean of all time? I, 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 I'm putting it at number one. Really? I uh, thought really? no. Listen, man, they took some risk with that that you cannot take with any of the other ones. I loved, um, I loved uh, the the latest one, but uh, and I know you're supposed to have this reverie for New Hope. For for instance, my favorite one was Jedi. I just thought it was great, but I think I enjoyed Rogue One more. It's just I love the characters. I love what they did with it. And everybody dies. Spoiler. And yeah. I like that kind of nihilist, like, we're just going to kill everybody. I like that. And it, it just it just took me it took me there, man. I was just like, I they did something great with this movie. Yeah. I don't know if it would be on my my all time, but it was good. I mean, I haven't seen it. Better since than I the prequels, can we all agree? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so on top of that, speaking of movies, so D23, they released... And it was only for the people at D23 that saw the trailer. But if you can read about it, the Avengers trailer that's coming out for next year is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, man. And I guess uh, it opens up with the Guardians of the Galaxy going through space and an unconscious Thor hits their windshield. (laughs) And they bring him in. And from what I read, like then now Spider-Man is getting his spider senses. And he knows that Thanos is coming, uh, and uh, they have all of this cool stuff going on. They said that the battlefield. Could you imagine something like this when we were kids? Like I, I read comic books. I collected all the Spider-Man, X-Men, mm-hmm. and could you imagine like being close to forty and having your childhood like like put on display for? Like no, this many cool things. Like I always thought that man, why can't they make Wolverine into a movie? Like yeah, I thought that right. all through like the, the early nineties and they yeah. finally did it and they did an awesome job. Now it's like so much more than I could have ever imagined. Oh know? no, it's crazy. It's a really good time for you to be like 11 years old. How's about the, the fact that if you were in 1995 wearing a green lantern, sh- lantern shirt to school, you would have gotten beaten up because you were a straight up dork. Yeah. Now nerd culture is just everyday culture. Jocks. Hot yeah, girls, they're all into. Yeah. It wasn't always that way, young ones. Wasn't always that way. You're like nerd culture was on the outskirts. Now it's part of of everybody's culture. You know, right, right. No, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it sounds like it's going to be pretty amazing. Now, if you read the Infinity Gauntlet comic, ah, I love everybody. That. Pretty everybody pretty much dies in the first one. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what's going to happen is everybody's going to die, and because there's two but it's parts, comic right? Book so, death, you know. 
it's yeah. kind of so mm. i think they'll die and i think there's you know with the infinity gauntlet you can manipulate time so i think you can go back i and think maybe there should Dr. be Strange. more of a more of a urgency for people to read about what happens because i mean i remember dark phoenix saga like i, I read yeah. that stuff but I, it, can everybody yeah, get well, access to War, those storylines what happened Civil yeah, War happened. That, that was outside. I, I never, I never got in. I, I wasn't collecting Avengers and uh, Iron Man. They, they were just outside of that realm. Loved Spider Man. Yeah. Collected, uh, mm -hmm. and it was a drag because you, you, you have to have. Like, hey, Dad, can I have ten bucks so I can get Spectacular, Amazing, yeah. and the McFarlane uh, Spider Man. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're just constantly you're shelling out some. But you know, that's the comic books were a buck. 25 i yeah. think i think i started collecting when they were like a dollar to a dollar 25 there's this place right. um you know off of uh albatross and in, and, and in kalima remember that right next to fuddruckers mm -hmm. there was a comic yep. book store and i would we, after church we'd go to this place called felipe's we liked it because my name's phil and after i had my fajitas or whatever uh, I would walk down to the comic book store and, and just, and that's when I first saw the early Ninja Turtles and I was surprised at yeah. how super violent the Eastman and Laird version of Ninja Turtles was. Yeah. You know, not yeah, the, no, the fun cartoony things from the late eighties, like in 86, it was, it was Did pretty Did you collect dark. those figures? Um, you know what? Uh, confessional. I had a friend, I'm going to keep him uh, nameless because I'm, I'm confessing to a crime here. After school in third grade, I would go to the thrifty um, by my house after uh, walking to school, and we would steal Ninja Turtle figurines, but I would never uh -huh. keep them. Um, my friend, young, I'll just call him Dennis. Okay. I won't say his last name. Yeah. I would, Dennis would, would get the Ninja Turtles and put them in his backpack and just walk off with them. I never collect them, so I felt like I, I guess I was an accomplice, but I never profited okay. from it. Maybe I kept one, and my mom was like, where did you get this? I was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, so what action figures did you collect as a kid? He-Man. That's a whole universe that hasn't been touched in a long time. Yeah, I mean, they, they try, they try really to revive cool. it, but it's super macho and a little gay. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, like it comes off as really gay, right? The Prince Adam was a total homosexual. You look at it. <laughs> you know? I, I, dude, I love the He Man stuff, man. They, their characters are so cool. Not the one with Dolph Lundgren. No, Skunk, Skunk Or, man. Yeah. His, his superpower was... is that he smells really yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. And he it's, has a it, six pack, but that's everybody in Eternia. You know? Yeah, all they did was paint the figures and put a new body on it or a new head. Yeah, I caught onto that real quick. Yeah, but but you know that I collected all of those and I got rid of them all. I had every figure: Snake Mountain, Castle Grayskull. I had all. Of I them. still have them. And I got They're in I my got garage. rid of all of them in a tiny like uh, like paper bag at a garage sale for five dollars. All all of them. I got rid of them all for five bucks. Uh, you know, um, if you kept that stuff unopened. Like if you didn't oh, enjoy your toys, you'd, you'd be sitting on a, a, a small fortune, but yeah, no, I mean the wrestlers that I have, I have these rubber wrestlers mm -hmm. uh, from the eighties. They were from LJN. They're great like figures better than the tiny ones that they have now, but they're these big, you know, kind of rubber wrestlers and those unopened are worth a ton. 
Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh my God, it's unbelievable. You don't think about it when you're a kid, you dying to open it up and play with them. But um, yeah, no, they, they're, they're worth a lot, but yeah. So, so He-Man, you collected the He-Man. I collected the He-Man. I don't know. Oh, I had. What about G.I. Joe? No, I didn't really get into G.I. Joe. Um, okay. I'm actually going to play something for you right now because I'm going to just force a segue in. Okay. Do you hear this? No. Sam, I don't hear anything. Oh, Sam, is it coming through uh, the... Uh... Okay. Look, when you told me that you, you were at school studying uh, Albert Camus... That name rang a bell because my favorite band was The Cure, and they wrote a song called Killing an Arab, which, uh-huh. as you can imagine, was pretty controversial at, at the time. And yeah. it came from an Albert Camus book called The Stranger, where the uh-huh. lead character kills a random man just for the sake of killing somebody to see what it felt like. And it was... Uh, it, it, it was actually a really big uh, book in, on on the subject of philosophy. So, anyways, I'm actually lowering the music, and uh, and I was like, okay, dude, you want to talk Kemu? I'm I'm on board. So you get you gave me uh, his uh, essay on Sisyphus. Yeah. And so go ahead and catch the listener up on uh, on Sisyphus. Well, <clears throat> I have to do this essay on it, and. Um... We have to pull apart the. We we kind of have to summarize what he's talking about, and in the last chapter of his book, he talks about Sisyphus, and Sisyphus is this. Uh, he was a king who was uh, sent to Hades, and there was a couple reasons, or maybe a few reasons why, and um, a, one of the reasons is he was giving secrets away, the god secrets away, and then he was sent to Hades, and. One of them is that uh, he he wanted to test his wife's love, and so he said, "If you love me, push me out of this window." And so she loved him so much, she pushed him out of a window, and then he said, "I want to go back and haunt her." But the overlying theme of that is that he went back to uh, the world, and he enjoyed the world itself. He enjoyed the warm sun. He enjoyed water. He enjoyed you know all of that stuff. So um, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. So they sent him back to the underworld and they gave him this task of rolling a giant boulder up a mountain. So he rolls this boulder up the mountain. When he almost gets to the top, the boulder rolls back. And he has to do that for an eternity. And so... um, I'm going to read just the first paragraph of, of his essay. The gods had condemned Sisyphus to ceaselessly rolling a rock to the top of a mountain whence the stone would fall back uh, on its own weight. They had thought with some reason that there is no more dreadful punishment than futile and hopeless labor. Right. So I won't read the entire thing. It's kind of dense. So, uh, so uh, this philosopher uh, looked at this story, kind of broke it down. And he, he looked at it from a point where, um, most people would say all hope is lost because this guy is doing this job that he knows he's never going to be able to uh, finish. And where is the the hope in that? And so he broke it down 
And what we found out is um, that he he concluded that there was a deeper meaning to despair. And instead of it being the end, that if you embrace the despair through revolt, it ends up being your your consciousness or your your your, your being awake. Mm-hmm. And that's where the freedom comes in. And so if you go further into that, and again, I'm not an expert on this by any means. There might be people that listen that know this far better than I do. But, um, you know, from what I understand, there are four points that he uh, wanted to, uh, to, to talk about within this book. And is, uh, you know, the mechanical life and all of it ties to Sisyphus pretty much. Uh, mechanical life, which means basically living a life like a machine, going to work, doing what you have to do, coming home, um, you know, uh, setting goals for yourself is another way of living a mechanical life is uh, that you're always striving for these goals and you're not conscious to what you're doing every day. You're constantly reaching for it. And that's where the uh, philosophical suicide comes in. Mm. And so, and he said you, by living a mechanical life or going through the motions of daily activity and not questioning what's going on or seeking religion is a way of philosophical suicide because you're not questioning anything anymore. You're allowing the answers to be given to you through religion or you're, you're, you're allowing your answers to be given to you through the goals that you set. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then there is, um, there's the absurd and, uh, the absurd is trying to find the meaning of life. Uh, and it's, uh, but you can't, the, the, but you can't because life is meaningless. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, well, you know, you had Pretty a lot of sweet. questions about this yesterday, and I feel like after reading the essay, I've, I've come to some answers, if I, if, if I may. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm also reminded— We're going to tie it in politically eventually. Yeah, yeah eventually. So somehow, just stay somehow. with us. Uh, so I'm reminded of the song Cough Syrup from uh, Young the Giant, um, and the very famous line is, life's, life's too short to even care at all. I'm losing my mind, losing my mind, losing control. And then, like, the tagline is, I'm waiting for this cough syrup to go down. Um, We are all Sisyphus in life. We are constantly pushing with all our might this rock, this boulder up a mountain, knowing that at any moment it could fall back down. And so we're trying, we're striving, and it's absurd, really. Because you, it could all end in absolute tragedy. So I think when you said absurd, I think we go straight to humor, and that's part of it. But absurdity is kind of accepting that this is an absurd task that we're all faced with. That we never quite make it to that top of the mountain because that's just an ideal. So right when we get to the very top, the rock's going to tumble all the way down to the bottom again. And then... We run down, we get the rock, and we try again. And life oftentimes does that. I can relate. Um, Being in really good shape, riding my bike all the time on a mountain bike, 
I crash and I almost die. And then I'm at the bottom. And what do you do, right? How, how does that define you? Well, you get up again and you get back on the bike. Despite what everybody else says. And you keep putting your nose to the grindstone because that's what being alive is all about. Now, it's very dark, actually, when, when you read how Kemu, uh talks about it. But really, in that darkness, there's this bit of relief. Because when you abs- accept the absurdity that at any moment this could be it, you can actually start accepting what life is really about. I'm also reminded of um, the character from The Watchmen. Have you read the graphic novel of The Watchmen, Chad? Yeah, I did. I wasn't. I didn't like it, but oh my god, go dude, that's that's one of the best yeah. things you can read. That's not in yeah. novel form. In any, anyways, yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of the character of the comedian, and the comedian, uh, he's the guy that dies right at the beginning. He's a psychopath. He's he's a complete sociopath, um, completely amoral. He starts out uh, at the beginning of his crime fighting career as a superhero that that jokes around but really at the end of it it his humor is in the absurdity of life and the absurdity of existence at one point during some meeting with superheroes he burns a map with his cigar and says that it's all going to go up in in flames we're we're headed to nuclear disaster because he works for the government at that point and it's all going to end the nuclear war and when he sees the character of ozymandias's uh, t- his tool to basically unite the world, which is cur- to create a hostile foreign threat from another planet. He loses his mind, nearly, nearly loses his mind at the sheer absurdity of it all, that it, this, is, this is the only solution, because he knows that uh, Adrian Veidt is right. He knows that this is the only way that humanity is going to survive, is to unite under this darkness so he has to accept it and so the character of the comedian is really complex because he's not really that he's not that funny at all he's he's, yeah. he's psychotic but also an easier easier one is the joker what's so funny about the joker is his acceptance that it's all his nihilist approach that it all doesn't matter it's, he, he's a constant he's he's a archetypical kemu character that you know the the way i see it but there's there's like some relief in all this man there's there's like it's all about your approach yes we all have our face to the grindstone and we're all pushing if you can accept the absurdity of it it helps some people like kemu says they go to religion they say i'm pushing this rock because god is telling me to push this rock and that's my higher purpose and do you want to yeah you you call that i think that kemu called that that's uh uh, suicide, right? It, it's philosophical, yeah, suicide. philosophical suicide. Philosophical suicide, because you've kind of given up your ability to think it through. It's the, like they said, the opiate of the masses, right? Yeah, no, you stop asking questions. Yeah, because all, all your, all your questions have been answered for you. I push this rock because God tells me to. I do this because this is my purpose. And, you know, you see people that, that are happy with their religion and they're very content people because they, they don't deal with the, they don't have to really face to face the existential 
crisis that, you know, Timothy Leary said that we don't know who we are or what we're doing in this ocean of chaos. There's, if you look at it from a strictly scientific standpoint, we're in this huge universe and we're just a lot of lucky space dust that got together and started thinking. And so we're floating around and it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make, without, without religion, it really doesn't make sense. You know, without a creator or some sort of grand design, you know. Well, I, that's why. Go ahead. That's why he he doesn't. <clears throat> Kimmy, uh never said that he was a religious person. He 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 never said that he he believed in it or not. He just he knew what he knew at that time, living in the present, as opposed to the future. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is really interesting. So yeah, yeah. to, to bring, So and to, he said. Go ahead. The part that got me was, if you look at the last uh, part of uh, what he's talking about when it comes to uh, uh, Sisyphus, Sisyphus. yeah, he says um, that the rock was his, basically the rock, I'm paraphrasing, but the rock was his freedom, Mm. or the rock was his, so that part I was like, It makes sense, but to break it down even further, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's it's a totally opposite way of, and he takes different routes than other philosophers. A lot of the philosophers like to talk about, you know, the unknown or what's going, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen, but, you know, with with this, it's like you know, living in the present, um, but being aware that life is meaningless. And, uh, you know, knowing that no matter what you do in your life, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. No matter what goals you set for yourself or what legacy you create, doesn't matter because we're all going to die. So the only freedom you have, I take it this way, the only freedom you have is to create your own meaning since there is no grand meaning. Because we're we're, we're, like no one gets out of here alive, right? So you, you... no one asks for this. Life is hard. And anyone whose life isn't hard is just asking for their life to be harder later. Any parent who doesn't let their children face the reality that life very, see the people who hard, who fall the hardest are the ones that are most protected, that are most enclosed and, you know, handled gently with velvet gloves through life. Because when the yeah. reality of what is out here, the <clears throat> horror, the darkness that humanity is capable of, when they run face to face with it, they are in post-traumatic stress because it's humans are capable of really horrendous shit. Well, and that's and it goes to a deeper question that he presents is then if your life is meaningless and your life is going to end anyway, why do not we will not commit suicide? Yeah. That's the Stoic approach, too. Um, I want to say uh, Seneca said that if you are in despair, there is a road, and it is on thy wrist. Mm -hmm. So so like like the Stoics took suicide as a a completely viable option. And isn't that just just when you stop pushing the stone altogether? Well, yeah, but he's saying he doesn't advocate for it. Mm-hmm. at all he actually at, uh, he talks about being against it but he also talks it's kind of like when we talked about um 
Oh, uh, what's his name that did the uh, graduation speech that we talked about a couple? David Foster Wallace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's almost the same kind of philosophy of, you know, going through the motions and being awake to everything that we're doing on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, no, I mean the stone. We wouldn't be able to push the boulder up if we didn't. Well, we have to find meaning in what we're doing meaning and in the struggle. I'm gonna I'm gonna take yeah. it to like an example. Like when when you talked to me about this and I was reading today, I was just like, okay, well, where where's my boulder? Well, you know, Julian woke up at like 5 a.m. this morning, and that's my time to get up and do my exercise, right? Yeah. So. He's not going to let me do that. He's, 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 he's like, hey, I'm up. Let's go downstairs, watch TV. And I'm like, okay, so I'm down there. I'm, and I'm like, okay, so I guess this is turning into a day off. But then, And I was supposed to get off work at 5 today. I got off early. But I was like, you know what? I'm not skipping my workout. I'm not going to uh, – like I have the podcast tonight anyways. So I went down to Whitnall Park. My but Alan from, from an earlier episode met me there. And he showed me these exercises. And we got to talk. We, we talked a lot about this kind of stuff. Were they the Kegel exercises that you've been wanting to do? The cable exercise? No, the Kegel. Oh, uh, no, no, no. He's an expert at that, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it was like, okay, I didn't have to push today, but this is the, the, the task I set myself up for. I mean, it's a very small example of that. Of that but and and maybe it's absurd that I did it but I did it and I found meaning in it and I feel like I would have betrayed myself did I really betray myself is my life really worse if I skip my workout no it that's only a self-imposed thing that's me finding my own in my own paradigm my expectations I have for myself right right like would you think less of me if I skip my workout today Chad no. no, but let me ask you this. <clears throat> in in what he's saying, he talks about being a slave to our goals, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say working out is a goal for you, right? Yeah. So in his ideas of living in the moment and not setting those goals, what is your purpose of having those goals? If we're talking about his philosophical beliefs. There is no reason to have them. I've, I, I see it as autonomy. I, I, since there is no grand design, maybe uh, Kemu was rejecting religion. Since there is no grand design to things, since there is no really true one path, you have to set your own. So my, the rock I'm pushing up, up the hill, up this mountain is of my own choosing and I, and I can make it any way I can. Maybe you're pushing with uh, all your might. Maybe I'm pushing it and making it a little harder by pushing backwards or something. Right. Or Well, and here's the other thing. The Sisyphus had one boulder for the rest of his life, but if we're talking about, yeah, for all of eternity, but if we're talking about everyday life, and people metaphorically pushing boulders up a hill, it's more than one. Mm, and so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and some of those boulders are heavier than others, you know, or maybe you have boulders attached to your ankles that you're trying to push up at the same time. Yeah. Kids, um, kids complicate that. Those little boulders that you carry around in a backpack. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at what point 
at what point do you say, or, you know, where do you find the, the, the freedom in the work that you have in pushing those boulders up? It's all in the mindset, man, because there, there is no freedom. Freedom is death. Freedom is but refusing to push anymore. Don't you, is it okay? Or is freedom realizing that life the is the push? Pushing, no, is, is freedom realizing what you're pushing? Or is freedom realizing that you can stop at any time? Uh-huh. Or is freedom like what? I think it's where, all those things. You, I think it's, it's like you're going to define your rock, right? Your rock could be, I'm going to be a millionaire. Your rock could be, I'm going to um, help the world. Your rock could be, I'm going to make sure my dad realizes that I made something out of my life. Your rock could be, you know, I am going, I, I am a, a, I have a terrible past, but I'm going to work past it. Huh. Okay. You can define what your and rock the freedom, is. The freedom, the freedom is the realization of what the rock is. Mm-hmm. And also accepting so a, that it's a luck of the draw. And so this is a roll of the Sisyphus? dice, and it could all come apart at any moment. So what was Sisyphus' realization? Or where did... Well, where did uh, found, found his... Yeah, he said that his, his realization or his freedom or his independence or whatever... He quoted was in the rock moving up the hill. Yeah. Right? So and when it was rolling back, that's when he found He found so, he found enlightenment because it's like, okay, I start again. Like I guess that is like the triathlon that I did. It's like the the day after that it was a sad day for me. I, I never really worked harder at anything. Yeah. I never really worked harder at anything. And I yeah. got an under three hour triathlon and, and I didn't know what to do with myself later in the day. It was like an existential like crisis. It's really weird. Yeah. Well, and, we know what happened. You guys ended up having a baby. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> with triathlon sperm. It's gonna come out like running. <laughs> like the nurses are all chasing him around. We're gonna make a baby in three hours. Or under. Full head of hair, full mouth of teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just 30 word vocabulary. Run, run, dad, run. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that it's close, really, it's fascinating. Yeah. But now, now tying this to, uh, if we're going to go to political purposes, there was an article on the Huffington Post, and you could read it. You just type in Sisyphus. You should, uh, uh, Donald we'll, we'll add Trump. it to the show notes. And yeah, it's, it's, all it is, is, is basically comparing the Democrats to Sisyphus and how we roll this boulder up a hill and we know we're going to get to the top eventually. You mean we did this and for, for eight years with Obama. And we're going to keep, yeah. And we're going to, but it, eventually it's going to roll back down and that's where we're at right now. So we could be in despair and we can continue to believe and, and say we're, we're done for, and this is our life, and we have to live with Trump, and we have to live with everything else that's going on. And we just keep pushing that boulder up. But the realization is in it, it doesn't have to be that way. The realization is in, well, how do we, how do we fix this? How do, we, how do we start pushing that boulder back up the hill mm. with the realization that we're going to get there again? 
you know, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I have to read the article to, to see its context, but I, I, I very much guess how, how, how it could go, you know, that you, we, we worked, I mean, I guess you can say that under Obama, we worked hard, but did we, we like, he, he was the standard bearer and he was, I think he, he did, uh, he wasn't an ideal person. There is no ideal person in my, in my mind, but he was a good president and we could kind of just say, well, the thrust of momentum um, brought us to, to, to this place where we, we don't have to really worry about things. You know, our, our world leaders are, are really have our best interests in mind and it placated an entire generation of millennials into not voting in this election. That just passed. Right. And I think, I think a lot of us, I think one of the reasons why we're in the situation we're in is because we were in the position of, we're pushing this up the mountain, but we're going to get to the mountain top as yeah. opposed to the boulder rolling back. And I think we have to be more the realization of we more have realistic. to start at all. Yeah. And it's going to happen, you know, again, this isn't, Trump isn't going to be the boulder that falls every time for us. It's going to be other people that are going to come mm -hmm. in. There are people right now that are in their 20s that are watching Trump's strategies and saying, I can do what he's doing, but I'm going to be smarter about it. I can do what he's doing and, and fire up a And they're more malevolent than he is. Right. And we don't his, have his malevolence to... is like an ignorant malevolence. They're, yeah, they're we don't have to have Russia evil, involved. Evil we don't have fuckers. to tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it, it, and so it'll happen again. And we just have to be aware. So you have to choose to push the boulder now. And I think that if you can see a light in at the end of this tunnel is that we have to become stronger and we have right. to be more aware. But I, see, I don't even think there's a light. You got to look at it as because light is the mountaintop and not mm -hmm. having to push the boulder again. We're always going to have to push that boulder. Yes. That boulder is never going to get to the top of the mountain. It will never it won't always be. Uh a utopia of democratic progressive values and ideas. We're always going to have this back and forth. The boulder will always fall and we're always going to have to push it back up. Yeah. And I think one of the issues with Democrats or with people that in politics in general is that we think that there's light at the end of the tunnel. We think that there's a mountaintop that we can put that boulder on. And it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. The shiny we city on the hill. We have to realize that the boulder is never going to ever reach where we want it to. But if we have that realization, then we can continue to push the boulder up and occasionally in a fall, but we push it back up again. And maybe we get so close to the mountaintop, but it's going to roll down again. And so I think as long as people have that realization, then work can be done. And that is also being present and, and that's that's another part, being present to everyday situations, right? Yeah. We're, a lot of people are looking to 2018. That's their goal. They're being a slave to their goal. But if you're looking at your everyday politically, it's getting people to go on, uh, signing them up to vote, making mm -hmm. sure that you're, you know, make, making sure that people that, you know, have Enough never voted people are people need to, to push and carry through. Day yeah. after day after day in order to make this happen. And let's take Asifa. Uh, Is that how you say his name? Like the, the, uh, the guy that lost in Georgia. 
Ossif. Yeah, I, too many, too many syllables uh, yeah. on my on my translation. But that that rock just rolled down the hill, didn't it? Didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, well, it, it, well, it did with the Democrats too. I mean, look, we lost four elections, special elections, mm-hmm. and you know, again, those that boulder is gonna fall. But that doesn't mean, oh, we just don't worry. 2018 is coming. We're going to be fine. Every Mm. single day, we have to be aware of what's going on. And we have to continue to be aware, knowing that this boulder is going to fall. Even if it's tiring, even if daily jabbing at Trump supporters is tiring, and even if you're losing friends, daily holding these this cabal well and that's where the revolt task. comes in yeah and that's where revolt comes in and that's one of the things that you find your your answer in revolt because here's what Everything. here's what the supporters are going to do they're going to be like i don't want to talk politics as soon as you bring up russia and, and the obvious collusion mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Eh, you talk too much because like, you, you're not you, you're not that informed you didn't read enough you didn't read yeah. enough uh Aldous Huxley, you didn't read enough Albert Camus, you didn't read enough Carl Jung, and, and that's I'm I'm trying to correct that in myself because I want to be a light warrior. This is Final Fantasy. <laughs> I want to be yeah. somebody who shines a light of uh, against ignorance. Like that's what See, I'm, I'm striving to do. I have down here in my notes because re- revolt is a big thing for this, and it's the certainty of crushing fate. Without resignation, that ought to come with it. That is staying uh, awake every day. Yeah. So, um, so knowing that it's vigilance, it's it, durability. Yeah, knowing that knowing that things are going to come crashing down. That's part of it. The other part is continuing to do it, even though you know the end result. But you so, know what? I, 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 w- I would put st- this stipulation. You make your chances a lot better when you're prepared and you're practicing and you're trying to get stronger and smarter. You, you, yeah, that ball, boulder might fall and we might, you might fail and it is a roll of the dice, but I think you increase your chances by being vigilant, strong, prepared, and keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um you know, it's uh, and it's easy. It's easy to get into that mechanical life of, you know. So, so being do, you, a slave do you feel like it's like a, like like an advocate? He's advocate. Akemu was advocating for the mechanical life. No, no, ah, no. Okay. You don't want to have the mechanical life. You want to be aware of what's happening every day. You mm. don't want to go through the motions. You don't want to. Um, but isn't live pushing your life the boulder like a mechanical machine. life? And he's an advocate of that. It is, unless. But what he's saying is, if you're aware of what you're doing, knowing that uh, the boulder is going to fall, that uh, that's when the revolt comes in. So you if you're I, you're if yeah. you if you're pushing it up and you have no common sense and you're like, oh, it's going to fall again, and uh, here I'm going to push it up, and oh, it falls. But if if you push it up, being aware that yes, I'm going to get to this top. And it's going to fall, but I'm going to go back down. I'm going to pick it up, and I'm going to push it again. That's where the revolt comes in. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the end is near for this boulder to fall, but you do it anyway, that's where your freedom is. That's, that's a noble way to live. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, you know, you don't want to get caught up in that mm-hmm. stuff. 
Yeah, because and, yeah. and it's really hard to do. Yeah, we can we can despair in life. I'm going to go to like a a Bible actually allegory, believe it or not. Um, you know the story of Job, where he was a good man, a faithful man. He really did everything that he was supposed to to do, and his life just his, crumbles around him. His wife dies, his children die. He's left homeless. He's destitute. And he's, he, he, he beckons to God, this is not fair. This is, I've done everything that was asked of me. Why am I, why am I suffering like this? Why, why is everything falling apart for me? And God replies, in essence says, yes, this is not fair. But who gave you the impression that fair was even part of the equation? Life yeah. is a meat grinder. It's a roll yeah. of the dice. And it doesn't work out in your favor all the time. People who who go through tra tragedy, like having a child die, I can't think of anything worse. Having a child die, there's all these people that come out of the woodwork and say, "Well, God picked the greatest roses. He, the God loved him too much and wanted to take him back." And that's bullshit. That's play. That that's people placating their own mind, and ignoring the reality that life is a, a brutal brutal thing and it doesn't always add up and it doesn't always make sense but if you can find the absurdity in it yeah you have freedom around it in, in, in a strange way that's what stoicism is it's it's it, that we are you're going to be faced with some crisis in your life and your character is based on how you handle that crisis and your attitude toward it. everybody faces some sort of crisis and no, no one gets out of here alive like i said so your approach to it, your philosophy around it, and your ability to keep your mind on the sad absurdity of it. It's very dark. It's, 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 not, it's not a Disney ending. Yeah. Okay. Depends on which Disney movie. I, I just yeah. watched you know, Pinocchio. That's a terrifying story. We'll get into that soon. <laughs> but the- not, not as terrifying as The Black Cauldron. I cried when I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, well, when I saw that, I mean, okay, I, when Lampwick turns into the donkey, how is everybody not traumatized by that scene? I don't know, but you know what? I'll tell you what, there were a bunch of kids traumatized on my 10th birthday mm. when I went to go see the movie The Great Mouse Detective, oh. and I vomited three times in the theater. <laughs> Why and didn't you leave after in, the first time? Why was, did you have to go for the trifecta? It was rapid, it was. Bleh, bleh. <laughs> And it was three oh, different yeah, positions. Yeah. yeah one yeah, on yeah. the side, one on the front, and then one in the aisle. And um, so the the great mouse had, had to decide what you, he had to to, to uh, uncover the mystery of what oh, you we ate. We got out of there. <laughs> we got out of there immediately. I'll yeah. tell you what, though, it was in Florida, and there was no air conditioning in the movie theater, and it was hot and it was humid, yeah. and every kid in that theater probably had a ruined experience because I puked all over that theater. So, and you know when you puke in front of people or you have really well in your kid and you have like projectile vomit yeah. you start to cry that's yeah. what happened to me great mouse detective for my birthday so excited to see it can you sudden, watch great mouse detective without violently vomiting i haven't seen it since i think uh, you should but you should eat it. chili before you do so yeah then i'll just have diarrhea Instead Silently vomiting, vomiting from your colon. <laughs> projectile diarrhea. That'll be fun.
for everybody. Could you add that to to your dissertation for your class? (laughs) Yeah, that'll be wonderful. Um, Yeah, great mouse detective. How do you tie tie that in? Yeah, 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 that's definitely... Yet I persevere. uh, Yeah, (laughs) that was my boulder. (laughs) The vomit. It was a boulder of vomit. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah... This is good, man. I any, like talking about this. Do you shit. have any we, embarrassing? You have any embarrassing moments? Oh like man, that? man! My brother took me to see Kickboxer with Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I was straight up telling him, you know, my my brother and I didn't do much. He 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 was like nice to me for once for like my birthday or something. And I was telling him, okay, I'm not feeling good. Okay. And, um, <laughs> we were and and, and 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 then like right at like How one of the scenes. You? How old were you? I was like nine. My, okay. Okay. My brother yeah. had like a bitchin' Camaro, right? And yeah. I vomit on the people in the row in front of me, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> like on Ooh. them. And my dad yeah. and, and my brother just splits. He just leaves. That's what my dad did. My dad <laughs> just leaves. He yeah. just leaves these people covered in vomit. No apology. You know what no my nothing. dad did? My dad jumped up when I vomited and he yelled out so everybody could hear, oh, you spilled your soda. And he took off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. My oh, mom you spilled your, your soda yeah. from, from your stomach. Yeah, he spilled his soda and then he bolted. And then my mom. Did you ever talk to him like, about that? You should bring that up with him. I got to. I got to bring it up. I got to bring it up. But yeah. You know how we, I knew I was going to have an interesting upbringing? <laughs> yeah, he said, Oh, he spilled his soda, took off. <laughs> My mom was wearing sandals. She was, it, it was that, it was that in... easy for him to say. Did, 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 you, did your parents divorce right after that? <laughs> I... <laughs> that was a good like three years. Oh, okay. But that was probably the, that was the beginning point. of the end. <laughs> well, that relationship. Our son vomited in great son mouse vom- got No and, respect and, for marriage anymore. And, and he, he was like, I'm not even mad at him. It just came to realize how easily I can leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah, I, I yeah. have no love for these people at all. <laughs> That's just like the one line. Uh, he, he spilled his soda, and then he like walks out <laughs> of the front door. Of like, the house. Daddy, I'm, I'm just going to go get a pack of cigarettes, and you spilled your soda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was crazy. It was, yeah, no, that was uh, that was probably the worst. That was, that was really that was bad. The worst that was mouse detective. And you, so what did the people in the front row do? Well, imagine getting vomited on by a nine-year-old. You, you like, well, yeah, whoa, right. whoa, hey, what's that going on a, here? That was a rated R film, so there were adults in that theater. I don't think I should have been in there. Mm-hmm. I think my brother bears some of the responsibility. Rest in peace. So, 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 did he? Did the people stand up? Did they say anything? Like, oh man, I don't remember. You. It was a blur of my brother just being really cry? angry at me. Did you <laughs> I, cry? I, I ruined. His, did I cry? Yeah. Did you I cry don't after you remember. Threw up? I remember. Him, okay, so he had this Camaro, right? And so I had vomit on my shoes. And he's like, put your feet right there in the center of the mat. Like, there's two, two little places, <laughs> two little squares for, for, your, for my feet. And we live right next to yeah. the theater, right right next to the mall. And so he's like, yeah. don't move your, your feet. He's like, don't move your fucking feet. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying that. And then after you, about five minutes, yeah. my brother starts laughing. <laughs> and yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, I threw up at the movie theater watching Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Did you ever so, see it again? Every time I watch it, I vomit. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. No, no, actually, yeah. I, I did watch it. Um, I remember there, there was one, one time there was like when they were showing these movies on like 
a KTLA or whatever, yeah. like, like on Sundays is like, Van Dam, he's mad. Like they did a <laughs> play on his knee. Like what, what about the Bronson bash? Remember that? He did yeah, the Bronson no, no. bash. Those it was a three night smash. Made a lot of money back then for stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. What about twins? Yeah. They're brothers, identical yeah. twins, as you can see. Oh, yeah, yeah, Why yeah. Why watch another movie when you can see two of me? Yeah, Double Impact, Time Cop, and Lionheart. Those are the three the trifecta. Uh, Van Damme movies I remember seeing. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme. The- Hey yeah. man, we're, we're we're getting near time. This was fun, dude. Let's talk more about philosophy um, uh, next time, and uh, just right. just keep on sending good. me your assignments. I'll just do your homework for you. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is your professor going to listen to this podcast? Ah, uh, not this one. Okay. I don't think. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. I mentioned the stripper, so we're going to keep this one under wraps. Nice. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. What you know, seven hundred club. that's my revolt okay that's your revolt is uh, mentioning strippers people are going to wonder about the 700 club story we'll have to tell that one day yeah All right, all right, man have a good night Uh, listeners thanks for listening Uh, give us a tweet Bob Knows Base at at, at Twitter tell us if you liked it Uh, we'll do more philosophy see if you guys like it All right. thanks a lot yeah take care good night bye everybody All right. bye Wiretap is produced by Phil Romo and Chad Costello. Logo and artwork by Jasmine Michelle Designs. Recorded in Burbank, California. 